We're going to get some perspective from our next guest, who is a strategic communication consultant for Crestview Strategy. Tom Vernon is joining the show. Tom, thank you so much for making the time. Always good to talk to you. Oh, happy to jump on anytime. Tom, I mean, this is obviously a very, very close election. There is a lot to talk about and a lot to feel in our province. I know those emotions are running rampant for many people. Is there anything different about how the results are going to start flowing in with this one? Will the advanced polls and the attendance that we saw of them kind of affect things and give us a result maybe a little bit sooner? Yeah, so, I mean, there were a lot of advanced votes uh, cast this time around. It's been going up in recent elections, so it doesn't surprise me that it's higher. And this is an election that people are very engaged in, so it doesn't surprise me there are a lot of them. The votes are being counted by vote tabulators, and I think the way it's going to work, I stand to be correct, but I'm pretty sure the way it's going to work is we're actually going to get all the, the advanced ballots right off the bat. So those will drop pretty quick. So we'll actually get a pretty good sense on how things are shaping up early on. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to know the result, the final result of the election, but it will be a good start down the path of the results. And then the ballots being cast today, I'm pretty sure they're being counted with vote tabulators as well. So instead of counting them hand by hand and getting those slow votes coming Mm -hmm. in throughout the course of the night, I think we'll be getting them a little quick. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to know the answer very soon because this is a highly competitive election. And by all uh, accounts, it sounds like it's going to come down to a few seats in Calgary. Um, maybe we could be wrong on that, but it, it's the path that whoever's going to form the next government will go through Calgary. So it could be a late night waiting for the final results to come in and some key constituencies in that city. We're speculating a little bit, but what about um, majority versus minority? You need 44 seats to win that majority. Yeah. Is that likely to happen? Yeah, we won't see a minority. For there to be a minority government, there would have to be a, a third party that's going to attract enough votes to get at least one seat. Uh-huh. Just not seeing it. Uh, the rest of those parties are polling sub-5%. So unless that entire 5% is found in one constituency, I, I don't see it. Um, so we will come out tonight with a majority government one way or the other. Tom, there's been a lot of conversation about the tone of this campaign. <laughs> do you agree with the assessment that this campaign has been more about who do we want as leader and not so much about what party we want. And the, the parties seem to have gone that route. Right. And it was really interesting to me last week, Rachel Notley kind of changed gears. And it was late in the week. It was on Thursday. Um, we'd already had four days of advanced votes, or at least four days of advanced votes. And, and she came out on Thursday and said, you need something to vote for, not just against. And then she outlined her uh, legislative agenda. You know, mm-hmm. my first bill is going to be about affordability. We're going to save you money. And they talked about childcare. And it, it surprised me that they saved that for so late. Remember in 2019, we knew right from the outset, before the election, what Bill number one of a Jason Kenney government was going to do, was going to, to axe the carbon tax. And he was able to control the narrative on that front throughout the campaign because every day he could speak about, and Bill number one is going to be to axe the carbon tax. So it surprised me that the NDP chose so late to go with that, to say Bill number one is going to be, you know, uh, taking care of your utility bills, insurance, and, and we're really going to focus in on affordability. Instead, a lot of the campaign has been focused on who do you trust as leader? Do you trust Danielle Smith to be the face of the province, to be your representative in Alberta, across the country, around the world? And, I mean, that's how they want to spend the campaign, and, and they got a lot of talk about that. But is that enough to drive people to the polls? We saw it from the UCP as well, uh, warning people about, hey, remember 2015 to 2019, the NDP economic record. We, we really saw that in the debate. And, again, you know, vote against, not don't vote for the NDP. You can't trust the NDP. So it, it's one of those campaigns where I'm sure at the end of it, people will be going, man, that was a negative campaign. Mm-hmm. I, sure, I sure didn't feel like I had something to vote for. 
And I wonder if there was a bit of a missed opportunity there from, from both parties. Yeah, I, I've seen that same conversation is that, yeah, it's been an, it's been more of this conversation of um, why you don't like the other person, mm-hmm. but not necessarily why you should vote for vote for me. And so I, I wonder now with sort of that late stage turnaround, that kind of about face that seems you were you were describing, it seems like that's a reaction to some of those yeah. conversations that have come up. But yeah. at the same time, you can't necessarily fault the original strategy because these two leaders are well known. I mean, these are politicians that have track records. So it kind of makes sense to to attack them in the public because the public knows who they are. It's, it's a bit of a rarity, right? We had two leaders who, one was the premier, one who is the current premier, but had a good run at it in 2012. I mean, mm-hmm. throughout that entire campaign, many people thought Daniel Swift was going to become premier at that time. So the, the favorabilities of them, it's not surprising that they're not very high because they have records to, to run against and records that people remember. So, yes, you, you can understand that strategy. And look, it, it's going to work for one of them. <laughs> one of them is going to get elected. And it's not like they weren't speaking about what they were going to do throughout the campaign. It just felt like the overall tone when you when you kind of looked at the, the conversation on social media from, from candidates and from, from pundits, that wasn't really the theme of the campaign. It was about don't trust them go with us. Go I wonder if that tone really impacts voters. I mean, obviously turnout has yeah. been really high, but, you know, in terms of, I think, the frustration and the, mm-hmm. the the anger, the tension that exists in our province, I don't know that the tone of this election has really helped dissuade that a little bit. No, and, and honestly, if, if that kind of campaigning didn't work, we wouldn't see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've all seen American television, and, and it's always an election cycle down there, but particularly when they're really in the election yeah. cycle. Commercial after commercial after commercial after commercial of, of negative of campaigning. So if it didn't work, they wouldn't do it. But uh, you saw at the end of the campaign, and, and I think both parties kind of went, okay, we're, we're probably hearing from people, why should I vote for you? And we saw at the end of the campaign, that is kind of the, the switch, the, the focus that they were trying to push out there. Do vote for us because of this reason. Tom, I, w- I want to keep chatting with you and getting your thoughts on uh, this election and what you think the campaign has looked like. What do you think is going to happen tonight? Uh, obviously, we still have a few hours to go until polls even close. So this one is going to be a tight one, but we do have to take a very short break. We'll come right back talking about this with Tom Vernon, strategic communication consultant for Crestview Strategy. We're having a conversation talking about the Alberta election right now with strategic con- communication consultant for Crestview Strategy, Tom Vernon. Tom, thanks so much for sticking around on hold. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. And we're talking a little bit about that that other option that, you know, I hear referenced all the time that people say that they wish exist. Uh, Vince on the text line says, it's a phenomenon of people wanting everything to line up exactly for them. The world doesn't work that way. But you should feel like you're in line with one party, maybe a little bit closer than the other. I wonder what it's going to be like to have a party or a leader lead this province when we are so divided and there are so many people that are unhappy feeling like maybe they're just casting a vote because they want to participate, but they don't feel like anyone is really in line with them. Where do you think that leaves our province moving forward? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. Um, what we're going to see tonight is not a, a huge majority, right? We're not going to see someone right. win 60 seats. It's going to be uh, someone in the 40s, right? You know, 40, if it's the UCP, you know, 47, 48. I, I've seen some predictions around 50, 51. But even then, that would leave a very strong opposition. Now, we've seen this before. We saw this in the early 90s with uh, the PCs and the Liberals and that. But uh, it, it will be up to whoever wins to step out and say, look, I know you didn't vote for me. But for the best of Albertans, you know, let's let's unite behind the vision. I'm not going to you know, make every decision that you're going to be happy with. 
but you know, I, I'm going to stand here and do the best, what I think is best for Alberta and Albertans. And we saw a bit of that in the debate, right? Right at the end of the mm-hmm. debate, a, bit, a moment of contrition for both of them, right? Danielle Smith saying, look, I don't get it right all the time, but I'm here for Albertans. And, and Rachel Notley stand up and say, look, we're not going to agree on every policy, but I am here in the best interest of Albertans. So, I mean, <laughs> political divisions exist. They always have existed. They always will exist. But the way someone leads can can try and turn down the temperature a little bit. You know, don't don't go poking sticks in anyone's eyes just for the state of the, the sake of politics. Now, right. I, I've been covering politics for, for a long time, and I know uh, saying this doesn't mean it's going to happen. Uh, politicians are going to politic, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it, it could be allowed four years. Is it, is what yeah, I yeah, I have a feeling that it, that it will be. And Tom, that's why I think your perspective is so unique because you have covered this in some capacity for a really long time. What to you feels really different about this election or or does it? Are we just really forgetful of the past and this is sort of the way that this tends to go? This is the first time in, in a long time where there are two large political machines that, that have an equal, maybe not an equal opportunity of winning, but we're not sure who's going to win, right? When the NDP won in 2015, they weren't a, a massive political operation, right? They were they were coming into that election with four MLAs, and they, they just caught lightning in a bottle, and the, the PCs were falling down. There was a split vote, and remember when they formed government, they, they got sworn in at the end of June, I think, or the end of May that year, and we didn't really hear from them until the, the fall because they were trying to figure out how to build government. They were bringing people in, and they, they had to do that. Now they are a political machine. They were raising or, or out fundraising the UCP. So we have two large political operations vying for the leadership of this province. That's new. I, I, never in my career have I covered an election where there were two large parties like this. So that's what's different this time around, and it is so competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the NDP aren't this upstart little you know party that you know are getting in by the votes, but they have built a base so they have built an operation so that's what's different about this one and and going into tonight completely unsure who is going to win this one that's new (laughs) that is new yeah it definitely makes it uh, exciting nerve-wracking but exciting in some ways too tom thank you so much for making the time always great to talk to you yeah, happy to jump on anytime. Thanks. Take care. Tom Vernon, as we said, is strategic communication consultant with Crestview Strategy and former political affairs reporter with Global Edmonton.